it's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we break down the biggest stories in Districts 1 and 2, week in, week out in North Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and I am joined by public enemy number one in Eagle, Ryan <laughs> Skaggs. What's up, Skaggs? <laughs> I love it. Embrace it. Embrace it. What's going on? Okay, so for those that may not know or have followed or aren't like on social media a bunch like <laughs> you are, uh, t- tell us tell us what happened with between you and the Eagle girls basketball team. They obviously got that play-in win over Lake City to get to state, um, and they were pretty motivated by something yeah, so said. <laughs> what happened, there was a post from a reporter with a spokesman review up here in Spokane um, talking about – um, the slight in how post falls deserve to be at state. This is kind of how it originated. Right. And I was like, you're right. I mean, I went through the head to head record of the top three teams in the IEL, uh, Coeur d'Alene, Lake city and post falls against the SIC. Their record was flipping gaudy. I mean, head to head and statistic wise, it was the average margin of victory was something like 16 points, um, in their head to head games. It was a ridiculous stat. And so, I, um, somebody else chimed in on it and, uh, somebody else in our, in a colleague of ours in the business, as far as on the media side of things. And he said, Hey, wait a minute. The SIC is really good. And, you know, he said something along the lines of, you know, like the North was, was tended to be overrated because of what happened to Coeur d'Alene last year. Um, not making it to, to state and post falls and, and Lake city, not winning it last year. And I said, well, this is a new year. And I took Lake City by quote unquote a billion <laughs> in the play-in game, um, which Eagle hats off to them. I mean, they came up. I watched. I watched the video of that game, and Eagle played pretty much a perfect game in order to beat Lake City. They did exactly what they needed to do to slow down the T Wolves, and Eagle got the win. I gave them credit, um, but I did get some heat. There were some messages that actually came in direct messages that I think were from burner accounts because. I don't think kids would have those names as the accounts um, or a real name. And uh, they were, they were giving me the business and I'm a big boy. I can take it. Um, But then Eagle ended up making shirts out of my comment. They kind of turned it into a slogan for the state tournament and they played Coeur d'Alene really tough for three quarters. And then the Vikings flexed their muscles and uh, became who we thought they were um, and ended up, uh, obviously, we know how that story ends, but Eagle, you know, had a valiant effort for three quarters against Coeur d'Alene and got a big win over Lake City in the play-in game. So that's that's kind of the story, the short and the long of it. Yeah, I believe the phrasing you used is uh, one in a billion chance. No, I said I said Lake City by a billion is what oh, I by said. By a billion, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so then Eagle made these warm-up shirts, and I saw them because I covered Eagle's loser-out game at State against Hawaii, and they their warm-up shirts said one in a billion on them. I'll tell you, they look good. <laughs> they look yeah, good. I got I got I'm probably from- 10, 10 different people sent me pictures of them, including <laughs> press up here too, and they're like, was this part of your doing? And I'm like, I get, hopefully it works for them and it gets them a W. Otherwise, it makes them look salty. But, um, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. I'm glad. I mean, they had a great showing against Coeur d'Alene. That was a great game for, for three and a half quarters. But, um, yeah, that um, that may have been me. I don't, I don't want to say stepping in it a little bit, but – because at the end of the day, I was correct in saying that, like, we were going to have the state champion out of our conference, and we did. So, 
Yeah. And, and you know, we, we, uh, we, we come in with the opinions. That's what we do on the prep cast. Uh-huh. And when we're wrong, we wear it and you've yeah. you definitely worn it long enough. So let's, let's, let's move to the big story, which was Coeur d'Alene. I mean, nail biters, right? Eagle had him on the ropes until yep. that fourth quarter in the first round. Then of course the double overtime semifinal with Boise that, you know, Coeur d'Alene wins by one. A lot of people said that was the championship. I'm inclined to agree. Uh, they get to the to the finals against uh, a plucky Rocky Mountain team. But I mean, let's be honest. This was uh, coming into state after they had missed state the year prior. There was nobody that was going to beat Coeur d'Alene, in my opinion. And the Vikings delivered in a huge championship victory. I, I looked at that first game as instead of Coeur d'Alene playing to win, they're playing not to lose. And uh, it was kind of they played tight. Um you know, and I was I was saying something to uh, to Jason Elliott of the Coeur d'Alene Press. I was kind of like, you know, like this stage, it's something that Coeur d'Alene, like that type of arena, that setting, like it's something that, you know, a lot of these North teams had not, you know, played in. And so, you know, what kind of and I was texting with Paul about it, too, while he was off air and stuff. But because uh, him and him and Scott Burton were doing the games, they did a phenomenal job, by the way. Um, but. It was like, you know, that's this arena with that backdrop. How big is that playing into things? You know, where some of these Southern Idaho teams, if they've played in the uh, semifinals and finals of their conference tournament, they're playing at the Idaho Central Credit Union Arena in Boise. Like that makes a big difference a week going into state that like kind of gives you a little bit of an upper hand as far as, you know, changing that backdrop and getting to change your eye a little bit. Um, but yeah, Coeur played tight in that first game. The second game, I think, I mean, that was the, in my mind, that was a state championship game. That's what it should have been. I think seating was a little off and a lot of, I mean, if you took to Twitter, everybody agreed with that one. That was the de facto state championship game and no slight to Rocky because of what they did and who they beat along the way. But, um, you know, the championship game was the Coeur team we all expected to see coming into the tournament. And that's what we got in, you know, Tegan Colvin was unbelievable. Madison Simmons was, she was unbelievable. She played awesome. I mean, you talk about grit in that lineup, some huge shots from like, you know, players that were more role players like Kelsey Carroll hit a monster shot in that Boise game. I mean, so there was, there were some people stepping up that that Boise game was unbelievable too. I mean, we can talk about that semifinal game. That was one for the ages, but um, Coeur d'Alene did it the hard way. I, I mean, think to, to what you have for the draw in that semifinal game and to, to get your state championship. I mean, you had to go about it the long way and they, and they, they, you know, coach Simmons and her team, like hats off, did a masterful job weathering the storm. And they ended up, you know, getting the monkey off the back. Cause I thought last year's team was a state championship team too. Yeah, so it was really exciting to to see Coeur d'Alene break through. Of course, this is something they've done. They've won a lot of championships in school history. First title since, I think, 2013. But hats off to Coach uh, Nicole Simmons. uh, And uh, Tegan Colvin ended up being the MVP of the 5A state tournament. She's only a junior, by the way. So she's coming back next year. Yeah, I believe she may have gotten state player of the year today. So. Um, yes, by not. by that company that seeds the teams at state. Max yes, Brad. yeah. So, <laughs> so I've, I've, she's been getting award after award, and yes, she she'll has. be on our she'll be on our list too of our end of season awards as well. I mean, spoiler alert, but you know, and <laughs> yeah. she's gonna be back. Like that's the crazy part about this is that team. The, there's a nucleus of that team coming back for next year that they they can run it back again. I mean, and Boise will have something to say about it. And there's a lot of youth on some of those teams that were down south, but um, Coeur d'Alene could do it again. 
for sure they could repeat. And I know it's really early to talk about that, but man, that was a, that was an awesome run. Yeah, really fun to watch those those ladies compete. And uh, it was kind of an anticlimactic finish to Saturday night's championship, you know, marathon in, in the Idaho Center, but uh, a good win nonetheless. Uh, let's let's talk about the other state champion that came from the north. It was the Sandpoint Bulldogs at the 4A level. Man, that was awesome. I, and I, I just had to say it too. Like it, it was cool to see Coach Love get to the title game. And I kind of mentioned it on Twitter, like before the game even happened, like, he's finally going to get the credit that he deserves. I mean, he's such a great mind, but a great person. Um, and his kids just love him to death. And it, you can just see how hard they play for him. And it was like a matter of time. That's like, he's finally climbed the mountain with that team and to, to get to the mountaintop and to get that state championship and bring that banner back home to Sandpoint. I mean, that was awesome to see. And I mean, you talk about a run, you, you kind of called them as the dark horse too. Um, in the tournament was like somebody that was kind of a sleeping giant lurking there in the seating that may not have been where they probably deserved to be, but they took care of business. I mean, round one, you know, just coming out guns blazing against CJ Lotta, who I know you called the games, but um, in my mind might be one of the top three players in the state of Idaho. And I mean, just took her team to the road. I mean, they put them on the ropes early. I mean, that standpoint came out flexed hard and, um, you know, playing a really good Shelly team in that championship game and, and doing what they did. I mean, that's there's some guts in that lineup, too. I mean, you talk about players that have, you know, knee braces that are playing basically with duct tape and, you know, spaghetti noodles for their left knee and being able to win a state championship on basically one and a half leg is is crazy. And, um, you know, that standpoint team hats off because they they had a whale of a season and what a phenomenal finish for them. Yeah, Sandpoint plays at one speed, and that's turbo. They they mm-hmm. do everything 100 miles an hour. They built up that Minico game, especially the first round. They built up a 17-point lead in the third quarter. Minico had the ball down three with 7.2 seconds to play. Yep. And what won the game for Sandpoint in that first round? Their defense, which was the best defense of any team at State. Aliyah Strzok knocked the ball loose she was a one woman wrecking crew out front mm-hmm. all tournament long and then in the championship ryan she gets into foul trouble she gets yeah. into early foul trouble she picks up her fourth foul like 30 seconds into the second half and you're thinking oh boy this is kind of the the main piston at the the front of the engine here for standpoint and it, it never really uh, affected the bulldogs they carly they banks man was do you talk about a finals performance holy cow like Yes. And she and both her and Kelsey Cessna hit some big shots. And then even Demi Drake's hit a couple of big threes. Mm -hmm. Shelly was packing it in. They basically said, Sandpoint, go ahead and let it fly from three. You're not going to beat us inside, except that Carly Banks still managed to double double, even with Shelly packing it inside. So it didn't even really work for Shelly. The coming into state, they had four players averaging double figures in scoring. And that basically held true to the championship game where essentially six players played Ryan the, yep. the seventh player uh Kelsey's younger sister Peyton Cessna she played for like 40 seconds in the first half and otherwise it was the five starters and Lily Richardson and yep. Richardson ended up playing more minutes than Strzok did because of the foul problem so that was like true Ironman basketball there and they just never stopped coming it was consistent yep. from start to finish you know and I want to I I hope that we get coach love on the prep cast at some point um, oh, yeah. Because I, 
I mean, one, he's just an awesome interview. He's he's such a good guy. Um, and he's super he's super enthusiastic about basketball in the state of Idaho. I mean, he has I'll I'll give him love for his his podcast that he does. If you don't get a chance to listen to it, it's great. Um, and he brings on some great coaches from around the state. And um, but just that he embodies like just the joy of the sport. And you know, to see him kind of embrace and bring back, you know, some of the coaches from that 1996 team to sit with the team during the district tournament and uh, the run leading up to state and just the build up there that was it was awesome to see. And, uh, you know, hats off to that crew. Like, I mean, I look at it, too, and the, there's a core coming back from that team, too, that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be very competitive, I see, for the next few years. And they've got some kids the lower levels and some of the bench players that I know that they're really high on as well. It's just that starting five was so dang good. It's like, how can you pull them off the floor? But um, they're going to be, they're going to be around for a while for sure. Yes. So uh good win for standpoint first basketball championship boys or girls in school history. And will love is such a great guy. He, yeah. he, he thanked the media in his post game. Um, you know, when they, are on the microphone talking yeah. uh, and, and then even after the game, you know, because when we're broadcasting for IdahoSports.com, I do the four, a championship and then I have to get lost. I can't, I can't just hang out on press row. So yeah. I got to go, I got to go up to the nosebleeds, you know, and just watch the game. Like the average Joe coach love made it a point before standpoint left the arena to walk up to myself and Sean Kane, who were broadcasting. He walked up, you know, 20 rows and came over and talked to us and said, Hey, thanks again for all your coverage. And like, he didn't have to do that. Who does that? But, yeah. I mean, right. Who does that? That's awesome. Right. Yeah. It was, it was really, it, re it really made my night uh, personally. So um, it was phenomenal. And, and then like, we, we tried something new for the championships this year where we did like a live pregame coaches interview with both coaches before every championship game. And we send Sean over uh, to, to interview coach love and the big dummy accidentally hit the mute button on, on the little <laughs> mic. So he's talking and there's nothing coming through and I got to wave him back over. And, you know, most coaches would have said, all right, forget it. You had your shot. And coach love was like, no, come on back. Yeah. I'll talk to you. And this is like, you know, there's like four minutes to go before game time. This is like four minutes before tip. And he's like, yeah, no, let's do it. Um, so he's so accommodating and he doesn't have to be. And it's really just, it's those small things um, that really matter and add up. And so, yeah, we'll love Sandpoint girls. Congrats on a great championship run. Carly Banks was the MVP of the 4A state tournament. You can check out the all tournament teams uh, at idahosports.com. It's right there at the top of the homepage. All right. The next big story I thought from girls basketball state was Timberlake getting mm -hmm. to the 3A championship and running into a snake river team that had more experience, right? This was yep. kind of a young Timberlake team. Timberlake of course has had a good run over the past 10 years, uh, including, you know, not that long ago, they were state champions, but the only player that was back from that championship team or that was still around from that championship team was Sierra Sumas. And otherwise yep. it was a totally new group of players. I'll tell you what though. We've, we've known about Malia Miller all season long. I think now the rest of the state knows because she yep. showed up as a freshman and balled out at state. Yeah. I think she was probably in my mind, the best underclassman, any class that was there. Um, there's her and a couple others. I know at the five, a level, but the, I mean, just to what she did was good grief. I mean, you know, willing her team through some of the rounds. I mean, they coast, I don't want to say they coasted, but 
you know, there, I don't think there was much doubt in their run. I thought it was kind of a, I don't want to say foregone conclusion because I, I don't think anything's a given. Obviously Lake city proved that correct last week in the play in game. Um, <laughs> but um, no, like you, you go into that and you kind of look at it and it's like, all right, yep. Snake and Timberlake. I mean, we can pretty much look at that and see that happening and what does snake bring to the table? And, and Ed Lifson is, I mean, hats off. She's a baller. Like that girl can flat play and flat shoot. Um, Snake River, like you said, though, had the experience. And I just saw that as kind of being the dividing fact because Timberlake hung in that game for a long time. And, you know, they were they were with, you know, sniffing around till till the till the end. And it was, you know, just they couldn't get that hump. But I think it was, you know, who was gonna pull the trigger on the big shot, who was gonna take it down the floor, push it down the lane, see if they can draw a foul, see if they can get somebody else in foul trouble. But um, you know, those are the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but I look at that Timberlake team as, as something that's going to be special to see, you know, up in Spirit Lake for the next few years because of that core, that especially how young that core is and how good that core is. And there's more coming like the Timberlake's going to be a for real like contender for the next three, four years. Yeah. Spoiler alert. They're, uh, they're not going anywhere. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, yeah. 3A fans better get used to it. Um, you know, 2A tournament uh, real quick. I wanted to touch on Grangeville. Uh, I covered Grangeville's uh, final game on Saturday consolation final. This is another really young team yep. that came out and competed super well. It's, it's a tie game. 59 all Grangeville has the ball with like 30 seconds left and they just throw away a pass on the, on the perimeter give the ball back to Ryrie with 18 seconds left. Ryrie comes out, puts up a three, misses, rebound, left block, misses, rebound, right block, misses, rebound, right block again. McKinley Bond from Ryrie is falling away, banks it in as time expires. Ryrie wins by two. It was a bummer of a way to end for Grangeville. Um, but I thought the Bulldogs, as the sixth seed, came in and performed pretty well. They almost upset Cole Valley Christian in the first yep. round. Um, and and came that close to getting a trophy. Uh, Coach Barger and Grangeville have nothing to be ashamed about, and they're going to be right back at state next year. So yeah, they're they're. You look at that that conference, and you know, I think that they could put a stranglehold on things pretty easily for the next few years um, with that lineup and and the core of that lineup being underclassmen. Um, you know, and then Coach just does Coach Barger does such a great job, anyways. I mean, she's just a mastermind um on the basketball floor so yeah Coeur d'Alene I sorry Grangeville um you know we look at a lot of these teams and I it's you know we had I think the north had a really good showing I mean this year at state for you know the most part there was a few disappointments and I know we'll hit on those ones but um you know I look at it and for the for the most part though a lot of these teams are going to be back they really are and and you know who's going to join it I mean I look at you know Lake City kind of being like a repeat of last year's Coeur d'Alene team is what what I could see. Although Cordelaine's going to have something to say about that, obviously. But I mean, you could look at realistically these teams with with the lineups they have and the players coming back. Um, it could get real interesting next next year um, to see what the five A is going to look like. What what four A is going to look like? I think is going to be interesting because I think Lakeland's going to get better because they're fairly young. Um, so it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to to watch how things kind of change up in the in the next season um and then in this off season to see what happens too obviously with movement and moving and all that stuff there's we always find a, a couple kids that come in that manage to be gems i mean you look at you know coach simmons will will vouch for that one <laughs> so um <laughs> yes. yeah it's uh it'll be interesting to see but yeah 
Timberlake, Grangeville, um, they're going to be teams to watch, I think, for the next few years, definitely. Definitely. And then you talked about, you know, there are some teams that uh, didn't achieve what they wanted to. I think, you know, at the 1A level, especially, yeah. you know, we talk about uh, at the 1A D1, you know, we and, and, and this is a good reminder for us in, in the media as well. Right. Nothing is guaranteed, even nope. though on paper it looks like, you know, a team is going to come in and roll everybody. You still have throw to throw that away. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You know, ditch the Sharpie. <laughs> That's going to be our podcast title, I think. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and it's you look at that, and it's like most teams would be thrilled to finish in the top four state. Um, but those two programs that played in that three four game, I think there's some severe disappointment where they finished because I think the expectations going into the season were so high. Um, and that's not to slight, you know, Raft River and Oakley for their accomplishments and what they did because they took care of business and did what they needed to do on the floor. Um, but you know, you look at Lapway, it's like good grief. I mean, they shot 8% from the floor in their semifinal game. You're not going to win games shooting 8% from the floor. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they only lost that game by single digits and shooting 8% says something about what they did at the free throw line. Um, but yeah, it was, there was, uh, some, some struggles there that I think, you know, will get addressed in the off season because there's some youth in all of these teams, I think, but obviously Prairie, you know, that was, they're going to lose their core. I mean, you look at Wemhoff and Schlater, um, you know, and what they were able to accomplish finally getting over the hump and getting that big win over Lapway, I think was huge uh, for, for them and for that Prairie program to finally get that victory over Lapway, especially at state. Yeah. And, and, you know, Lapway just, they went cold. I mean, it yeah. happens. It happens sometimes. Oakley really ratcheted up the pressure defensively in that semifinal loss. And then same Saturday morning, I think Prairie saw and went, okay, this is our, we kind of have yeah. a wounded, wounded animal here. They're, they're, you know, licking themselves a little bit. And so we, we have a chance. Um, and Prairie came through and got that third place trophy, um, which was incredible. So uh, don't let you know, a team beat you twice, you know, and I think that's what yeah. happened to Lapway. Yep. And so for Lapway, uh, you know, it was a run they weren't expecting, but uh, it was still a good finish top four overall. It's yeah. good to keep that in perspective. You're right. Top four finish at state. Still pretty impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm going to dovetail just for a moment from the Lapway girls to the Lapway boys, because you had yeah. a pretty interesting conversation with uh, a, a Lapway parent, Jeremiah. Why not? He's yeah. the, the father of case. Why not? And the Lapway boys back at home, you know, still competing in districts and practicing the stuff and, they saw what happened to the, to the Lapway girls team. And they it did. seems, it seems it's made them stronger, right? Yeah. Um, I was talking to him and I, we were talking about, cause I asked him just like, is that the worst shooting night in school history? You know? And cause that, that was something that just stood out to me was how many misses there were on the floor. And he said, he, yeah, that very likely cause Lapway just doesn't play that way. Um, but he goes, the one thing that it has changed is that, you know, case came into the room and said, all right, dad, I'm going to the gym. Like, we're going to go shoot like that night after the girls lost in that semifinal game, there were boys in the gym and uh, that's, that's a big deal. And you watch what, what they've been doing in their conference tournament. And it's just, I mean, we know Lapway's good, but I mean, so case, why not? This got missed because we didn't have a prep cast last week, had a quadruple double last week. Yeah. Yeah. He accomplished a quadruple double in 22 minutes of play. 22 minutes of game time had a quadruple double. That is like, for me, that's the most insane stat I've ever, I might've ever heard in high school basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, 
and it, and it wasn't just a, you know, oh yeah, I got 12 points and 11 boards. And what did he score? 48 points <laughs> in, in that quadruple double, wasn't it? Or am I misremembering? What's that? It, quadruple double? Yeah. It's, it's, but I, I was talking about how it wasn't no. like, you know, 11 points. No, it boards. was like, I think it, it, had, it was like 48, 40, right? Yeah. He had like 48 points in 22 <laughs> minutes of play. Yeah. 24 <laughs> rebounds. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. 11, yeah. 11 assists and like some like 10 steals or something. It was crazy stat. Like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was epic. Uh, so, and, and then, you know, finishing up our girls basketball conversation, one AD two, uh, Kendrick comes in as the three seed. Deary comes in as the one Deary, um, gets knocked off in the semifinals by Dietrich, the five seed. Um, Kendrick loses in the first round to council, the sixth seed second year in a row that Kendrick drops a first round game, but that is more of a, and I think this is a, this is what fans were talking about. Word on the street around Boise last weekend was these seedings are all foobard, <laughs> which yeah, no, if you know what foobard stands for. That council team was not, was not a low seed. Like no. you just look at the lineup and what they accomplished in the regular season. And you know, it's like something's not passing the smell test. And I think it has a lot to do obviously with the bottom end of the conference. So these teams that are getting the high bids, that says a lot to their like conference schedule and their and their out of conference scheduling. But gosh dang, you look at that council team, that is not a low seed on any day of the week. And yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be something we've got to get human eyes on this because some of these seeds, like it, it sure fine, set the baseline with max preps, then get a committee, one person from each district to take a look at it. And, and start and fight for like, okay, what's the true seeding going to look like here? Because I think you, at 5A, you could have argued for Boise to be the two seed really easily. Um, you could have argued, I mean, at 3A, I think was pretty much, I think 3A got it right, in my opinion. Um, 4A was was a turkey shoot. We kind of knew that coming in. It was like everybody was the same. So kind of you kind of just shuffle them in and see how the deck falls. Um, but yeah, you look at some of these lower classifications, like especially one AD two. There, there's much to be said about about seating issues, and I think that maybe moving forward next year, we we look at adding adding a human element to this, to where you get a committee that can get eyes on the tournament, and make sure that the competitive balance is there for the state tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's just like <laughs> the district tournaments are meaningless. Yeah, I, I mean, why play? Always- if we're going to seed and we're going to take seating out of districts, why even play districts? Right. I mean, because, and no knock to Deary, but Deer, Kendrick beat Deary for the district championship. Yeah. And Deary gets the one seed and Kendrick gets the three seed. That doesn't compute necessarily. And then because of that, you know, Kendrick probably should have been one or two. You know, Rockland yeah. could have been one, Kendrick. And then Kendrick's not playing council yeah. in the first round. So to me, if it's not a committee and there, there is a push from that, I will tell you, Boise coaches are talking about this already that. Yeah. We should have a committee, you know, for tennis, for wrestling, everybody gets on the phone and seeds, right? So it's not that far of a step. If we can't get that, can we at least go to what 4A football did for the first year of the max preps rankings where, okay, your, your five district winners automatically get the top five seeds. And from there, we'll seed them based on their max preps ranking. And then your at-large teams or your teams that got second bids, automatically are six seven and eight but and that see, way if we, did it, that, if we did that at 5a though it would have been the, almost the same 
No, it would have been it would have been different because oh no, you're right because Thunder Ridge didn't win their district championship. Right, so it right. would have been okay. yeah, you're right. It would have you're been right. Coeur One, Rigby Two, Boise Three. Yeah, and that I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay with that. Or it would have been Coeur One, Boise Two, Rigby Three, and that that changes things a little bit. And so so Rigby was higher than Boise, no matter what they were. Oh, okay. Rigby was the three, Boise was the four. But, okay, but I'm okay with that. I don't know why that isn't an option that could be on the table, sure. but I don't, yeah. I don't know. But so, yeah, something, and again, to reiterate, we're in a much better place than we used to be where they just said, I'm going to play true. this team. And yeah, we, we're still in a better spot than that, but we can also still get better. I think so. Yeah. And I think that you can streamline it. I think you have to have a mix of both because the computers don't get to see the eye test um, they don't get it. And if they're told to not compute after the district tournament, like, okay, number one and number two are playing each other in the district championship. Why don't they just forfeit? If it's already a pre pre foregone conclusion that it's going to go that way. Why even play the district championship game? If you know, you're both getting in. Right. Nope. And your seating's not going to change because of the result. Why? Like that's, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And I think that moving forward, you know, it's uh definitely something that's going to be taken look at so yep so uh that is the the wrap on girls basketball uh of course uh we will have uh, a couple of girls basketball news and notes uh still here over the next month and a half uh, but for the most part we're closing the book on that let's talk wrestling skags yeah. wrestling coming up this weekend we had our matt chat prep cast last night live on idahosports.com's youtube channel facebook page and Twitter account, we had over 120 people watching live and commenting back and forth. And I I'm mean, sure. quadruple that are going to come back and watch it later. Yeah, there, I'm, an, I'm one of the ones that'll listen after we get off because I didn't get a chance to listen last night. There is some real excitement and and a real opportunity, especially for Post Falls and Kellogg. I think mm-hmm. to go down to state and make some serious noise. Yeah, I mean, you look at just numbers alone on what what's being brought, and then you look at some of the outside. Like, let's not look at the the team trophies and look at the individuals too. There's going to be hardware, you know, coming from a lot of the schools. I mean, Lewiston's got a couple legit. Well, their heavyweight Robert Storm is great. Any other year, I think he's the favorite at 285. But you got that that dude from from Boise that you know. That, I think he's a Bora. Is it a Tau that signed at Oregon yeah. State? Yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, if you maybe you get a shocker, that would be crazy if, if Robert gets meets him in the finals. And but I think, uh, you know, you look at guys like, I mean, Hoyt Haas from Lewiston at 126. That I mean, he's had a phenomenal year and he looks like he's on a tear for you know, destiny to win a state championship for the Bengals. And yeah, but then you look at the team race and it's you know, Post Falls is bringing 24 guys to state. We talked about, you know, to be competitive with Meridian kind of, I think we said early on, they're going to have to have at least 18. Uh, They exceeded that number and got to the 24 mark to get into the state tournament. You know, they're going to need wins from those number two guys that are in the lineups. They're going to need to knock out some of the other kids, but they're going to need help. I think along the way from some of the schools, you know, teams like Mountain View and some of the other, you know, SIC teams to knock out, you know, Nampa wrestlers or, or the wrestlers from Meridian. But that's what's awesome about state wrestling is that you can go in with all the premonitions and ideas of what you think it's going to be. And Saturday afternoon in the blood rounds throw caution to the wind and you just sit back and you're like team scores be darned. Just soak it in because 
uh, wrestling is just a beautiful sport. I mean, it's individuals, obviously you got the team race, but um, it's the individual efforts and you look at the kids, but you know, the state championship could be decided in the three, four matches. It could be in the five, six matches. And that's, what's going to be awesome to watch on Saturday afternoon at, at state down at the Idaho center. Yep. It's going to be a fun time for sure. And we will have one final match at Prepcast next week to kind of put a bow on everything that happened in wrestling. And of course, uh, you and I will talk about it on our next Prepcast as well, which will be in two weeks because we will have our state boys basketball preview show uh, as a placeholder for the North Idaho Prepcast next week. And speaking of, Let's take a look at some brackets, shall we? Yeah. Our, our final opportunity here to really break down some brackets until, you know, May. So, you know, you got to take advantage of that when you can. Bracket um, again, we, <laughs> That's right. You know, I have to live up to my alter ego here. So, again, if you're watching the video version of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, um, I'm going to share my screen and you'll be able to see the brackets there. Um, if you are listening to this audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, no worries. You can uh, follow along there. All of the district brackets are on the homepage um, at idahosports.com. So let me get everything open here. I should have done this before the show. This is not good hosting. Um, but there was a lot of action finally, like last night, like Tuesday night. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 22nd. And so Tuesday night was kind of the heavy night for activity. So let's start with at the very top. This is a team we've talked about a lot, Ryan. Lake City. Uh, they they defeat Coeur d'Alene in the District 125A championship last night, 85 to 51. Lake City still undefeated, heading into state. Now you've got a pretty interesting battle here, I think, between Coeur d'Alene and Lewiston Thursday night for that second spot and the chance to get to state via a play-in game. Lewiston barely got past Post Falls last night, 44 to 42. Yeah, and the last meeting between Lewis and Coeur d'Alene went to double OT. So, I mean, you look yeah. at <laughs> you, yes. there's no easy nights, you know, battling for this second bid, uh, or I should say the half bid uh, between Lewis and Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene owns this, the regular season series uh, against the Bengals, but, you know, we've seen it happen in the past. Never doubt that the three seed coming off of a win, you know, in, the, in a loser out game against Post Falls. That was a great game in Post Falls. Um, I just look at them and, you know, that's a team that's going to be dangerous in the next couple of years and who they're returning because they're so young, but that's another prep cast for another time. Um, this Coeur d'Alene-Lewiston team, it's a pick game in my opinion. I mean, I look at Lewiston coming off of a win. Coeur d'Alene obviously has had the upper hand. Offensively, Coeur d'Alene gets the edge. Defensively, Lewiston gets the edge. So that's why these games have been so close is that Lewiston plays really good defense. They're very disciplined on the defensive. They switch really well. They're pretty long. Um, quarter length and flat shoot. I mean, that's the thing is you get them hot, especially from beyond the arc, they can bury you really fast. Quarterling's got a lot to play for. If I'm not mistaken, they're number three in the max preps rankings. If I'm not mistaken there, there's a lot on the stake. If they can get out of this game and find their way into a play in, um, they so, they got, decent... so they are number three in the current rankings, but the ones that got locked in at the end of the regular season had them at number four. So, so it would be still four. a top four, a, a top four seed. It stayed on the line. I mean, obviously you got to win some games to get there, but um, there's, there's some riding on that for the Vikings uh, to see if they can get a chance to play Lake city again in a semifinal <laughs> game, maybe, but <laughs> it's yeah. You look at Lake City. The one thing I was worried about them uh, at the end of the regular season was, are they going to coast? And they've kept their foot on the gas. And Coach Winger 
as that team driven. I look at them last year, their disappointment in that first round loss to Centennial may have been the best thing to ever happen for them for this year. Um, Cause it left a, I think a bad taste in their mouth and a hunger of like, that's not who we are. You know, this is the team. They, they opened the year with some huge wins over some teams that, you know, they got to win over Curtis and Washington. That's the number one, their number two team in the state of Washington. Um, they've got a win over Hawaii under their belt. So there's some huge wins for that Lake city program, but, uh, yeah, Lewis and Coeur d'Alene going to be a great game tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Vikings in that one. Um, it pains me to say, but I think I just like the offensive prowess and Coeur d'Alene getting close to full strength. Um, they're going to have some difference makers out there on the floor and Caden Simmons, that kid, uh, you get him hot beyond the arc. That kid is lethal as it gets, and he's only a freshman. So, yep. The winner of this game will play the loser of Eagle and Meridian. So, either way, and those are two top five teams in, in kind of an odd twist. Then you've got like potentially like Centennial probably will play Highland in the other play in game. And those are two sub, you know. Well, you know, you look at Eagle and Meridian, those are two teams that Cordelaine's already faced this year. So, right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how things shake up in a in a rubber match, you know, in a neutral site. That'll be a, be an interesting game. I mean, I, you know, and you look at Lewiston, and Lewiston's very capable of winning games as well. So it'll be interesting to see that game tomorrow night could be a dandy of a ball game. Yes, definitely. We will keep an eye on it for sure. Um, okay, let's go to 4A, uh, where you had Lakeland go to Moscow and knock out the Bears in that play-in game, 61-56, very, very tight. And now it sets up this best of three between Standpoint and Lakeland. The first game is tonight, Wednesday night. I don't know, man. This, this is could go to Saturday. This could go to Saturday. Yeah, it really could. The third and final game, right? Yeah, I mean, I would not be surprised one bit if this if this goes Saturday. Um, but you know, there's I think they're very evenly matched, and they've they've split the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know who to pick. I really don't. Yeah, because I mean, I look at you know the best overall player probably. Well, I mean, it doesn't belong to Sandpoint because I think that. You look at Rusty Lee is really good, but Scotty Hawking's really good too. So um, the supporting cast around them, I think, is where it's going to lie. It really, it'll be settled probably on the defensive end and who can switch more and um, who takes care of business from the free throw line. I think, you know, games will be won there. We saw it at State, did we not? <laughs> so. uh, yeah, we sure did um, <laughs> in, in a couple of uh, instances. So, yeah, we'll, we'll that, that series starts uh, Wednesday night. Uh, so tonight, we, yeah, yeah to, to, tonight we've got our best of three series on the other side, three, a Bonners Ferry, Timberlake. Uh, and by the way, uh, whoever wins that four, a Sandpoint or Lakeland, probably going to be the eight seed at state. Yeah. Um, all right. Bonners Ferry and Timberlake Bonners Ferry wins the first matchup 74 to 57. That sets up if Bonners wins Thursday night, they win the district and Bonners Ferry would be the number one overall seed at state. What a big year for boys sports at Bonners Ferry. Yeah. How about that? I mean, the Badgers, just this class, I know that, well, a couple of classes, senior and junior class are pretty loaded. And uh, I like Bonners Ferry a lot. I really do. Um, you know, they took care of business on, on Tuesday night last night. And Asher Williams is one of the unsung best players in North Idaho. I think he gets overlooked because of, 
there's a towering mountain, you know, overshadowing of a program, you know, 60 miles to the south um, in, in at Lake City. But this Bonners Ferry team, man, is is just they're gritty. They play so hard. Um, they fly up and down the floor. I like the Badgers a ton. I think that they take care of business tomorrow night. Getting that number one overall seed at the state tournament is huge, especially with the way the max prep shakes out at 3A. Um, they definitely get a leg up. I think that they get a favorable draw in my mind. If you look at your um, prognostications, I mean, you're looking at a semifinal potential. They're going to open with possibly Buell in their first round game, which is eight and 14 team. Um, and then possible matchup against Snake River or Homedale, which is, I think, two really winnable games with Sugar being on the opposite side of the bracket. That's a really good draw. It sets up for a lot of drama in a uh, potential state championship game if they can get that far and get some big dubs at state. Yeah, that 3A tournament to me is the most wide open in terms of there's a lot of teams that could uh, win the title there. And there's going to be some good teams that are left at home for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, 2A, CIL, Central Idaho League. You've got the – Guess back. <laughs> Grayson Sands is back. Let me tell right. you, he is, he's been hotter than a pistol right now. Uh, up for lost time. <laughs> yes, seriously. So St. Mary's plays Kellogg in the championship game uh, tonight, Wednesday night. Winner automatically advances to state. Loser will have to play the winner of Orofino and Priest River. Um, and that Priest River Orofino game, I think, could be sneaky good as well. Um, yeah. The the, se- the second place team from this district will have to play New Plymouth, the Grims, the Pilgrims. They always seem to find a way to state. New Plymouth does so. Um, whoever it is uh, is going to have a, a, a toss a toss up game essentially. I think in that play in game. So. Well, that's a that's a pretty competitive conference down there too. Yeah, uh, through the District Three between Coal Valley Christian and Melba. I mean, good grief, that's two really big juggernauts. I think in that one, but St. Mary's is flexing late. I mean, they've looked really good down the stretch since Grayson Sands came back, including a big win against Kellogg uh, to round out the regular season. So um, tonight be a nice matchup. I think that's going to be a great game between those two teams. And you obviously got, you know, the Lunas that for, for Kellogg that can play really well and pour it in as well. So there's going to have to be, you know, defense is going to be at a premium, I think, in this ballgame uh, tonight. And, oh, man, I don't know if I want to pick a winner, but – at home, I'm going to go St. Mary's. Okay. I I, I kind of lean that way, too. Um, they yeah. did beat Kellogg uh, in the regular season finale by a substantial margin. Uh, technically, St. Mary's and Kellogg tied for first in the regular season standings. St. Mary's got the one seed because their margin of victory was larger in yep. their win over Kellogg. So, uh, all right, 1A's. Let's go to uh, the White Pine League where, no surprise, it's Lapway. It's Kamii, the top two teams. I will say, though, Kamii had their hands full with Potlatch in that first semifinal, 32 to 27. Um, Lapway has had no problems with anybody. And they probably, sure did. Probably won't in the championship. And so what, what do you think about that, Kamii and Potlatch? Could the loggers come back through the backside and get Kamii again? They got to get through Troy, too. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about that, I think, earlier in the year, that, like, they've got, you know, that 3-4 matchup is going to be interesting to see who's going to – because I think they – both those teams can push Kamii. I really do. And um, I do like Kamii's height a little bit. I think that they can play and post up a little bit better than the remaining competition outside of Lapway. So I think defensively, they're going to pose a little bit more threat as far as protecting the rim. But um, 
Yeah, I look at Lapways. They're just they're so driven. They take it one game at a time, and they really do it. They're not look overlooking anybody. And you look at these scores where it's like seventy five to twenty nine, hundred and three to thirty six, and they're playing their bench a lot. Like that's just how deep this team is, and how athletic Lapway is. It's not like they're coasting in games and they're you know letting teams come back. I mean, it's they're putting up you know forty point quarters consistently. Um, that's just uh, it's going to be an interesting one, though. I think if if Potlatch can push through Troy tonight, I think a rematch against Kamei gets really interesting um, on Thursday. I think that 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 game tomorrow could be really really interesting if Potlatch gets the win tonight. And along those same lines, you know, Prairie had Troy on the ropes last night, and and Prairie nearly pulled the upset. Troy kind of rallied late uh, to get the win there. So that is uh, what's going on in the White Pine League. We also have, of course, the scenic Idaho conference up north. Uh, G-, G Prep, Genesis Prep beat Wallace uh, last night, 75-45, sets up the championship Thursday night. Genesis Prep against the Lakeside. I'm still leaning Lakeside here. Yep, I'm leaning Lakeside big here. I, I think that, you know, they're one of the top three teams that I think they're, yeah, a, a 1A, D1 seeding is going to get possibly the, the night snake bit. So, um, they could end up as a four seed at state, which would be uh, disappointing because they'd have to play Lapway in the semifinals if, they, if all things go to chalk. But um, this Lakeside team's really good. They're really well coached. Coach Two Teeth does such a good job with his guys, getting them prepared, especially in big game scenarios. Um, so I'm going to lean Lakeside here. They're going to get the, the district championship tomorrow night and uh, find their way on uh, one of the top seed lines at state. So. I uh, agree with that there. They would be, I think, the three seed at State if they got there. And then Ooh, the one Hold on, though. Here's a here's a wrinkle, right? What if okay. Potlatch pulls the impossible, beats Kamii, Kamii doesn't go to State, Lakeside ends up jumping seed lines, so they fall to the three line because Kamii doesn't make it. Potlatch ends up in the tournament as a, what would they be, the seven or eight seed? Like, things got get really interesting really quick there, so you can't count the loggers out. I'm just playing hypotheticals, but that could be a big, big switch. If Kamii, they got a lot at stake. They really There's, do. There, there is a lot that's got to be decided still. Um, you know, I think Grace probably still makes it. They'd be the two seed mm-hmm. um, that would bump Lakeside up to three. You've got now a pretty interesting scenario where um, Valley was the sixth best team in Max Preps rating this year, but they were also the sixth seed in their district. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 they're but they're alive still. And in fact, it's Valley playing Castleford for the right to go to state Thursday night. And I know Lapway fans have been talking about Valley as a team to keep an eye on this year. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's a lot to be determined still in this one A D one bracket. Uh, no sharpies needed here. No. And it's going to be really fascinating to see how that all plays out for sure. Sorry to throw the wrinkle and things, but I like I got my mind thinking real quick. It's like, like not so fast if Camia doesn't close out that'd be that'd be a big deal i think that'd be the storyline going into state <laughs> yeah sure. it's a bit it's a real butterfly effect you know if a butterfly flaps its wings and you <laughs> sends us off at a totally different timeline and anyways uh one ad2 white pine league kendrick defeats saint john bosco uh 69 55 in the semis last night how about timberline timberline nipping deary 49 47 so now you got the spartans up against kendrick in the district championship game Friday night in Lapway. Yeah, that's uh that's, that's a big Thursday, deal. I mean, Thursday, I, I think Thursday, Kendrick yeah, Kendrick wins in my opinion. I think that they 
take care of business on Friday. That's a that's a really good team. Um, they can flat shoot. They score. They defend. I mean, that's they play. They manage to somehow play football on the basketball floor. <laughs> they're physical too. That's the thing. Like their coach, yeah. Coach Selfla does a great job with his crew, and um, I know that they're uh, they're primed and they're taking it one game at a time. And they got you know, I think some of their losses that came along the way, especially the teams like St. Mary's, I think helped them. Um, just because it gave them something that like they could focus on to address before a state run, which it's a, it's a wide open field. I mean, if you look at who's there with Rockland, uh, Camas County, Water Springs, like there, it's a competitive lineup. I think the field is, is there to, to competition wise, um, make for interesting storylines in, in the matchups. But, um, yeah, I like, I like Kendrick here winning. Uh, Deary, I don't think is done yet. They've got St. John Bosco on Friday and then Saturday, obviously a deciding game to see who makes it to state. If it gets to that, you know, point Deary versus maybe a rematch against Timberline could get real interesting. So, yeah. Um, that rematch, if it happens, could be pretty fascinating for sure. Yep. Uh, and then we got the North star league, uh, Mullen beats Kootenay last night, 62, 28. Now they're going to play the Wampus cats of Clark fork. Uh, I think Clark fork still probably favored here. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think you know, athlete on athlete, it's a it's a closer game than folks would probably uh, sneeze at. You look at the one seed; you tend to just pick chalk here. But I think we can have be in store for a competitive game tomorrow night for sure between Clark Fork and Mullen. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if the two seed gets the state bid. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's just kind of one of those pick 'em games that be interesting to see who shows up and. Uh, Clark Fork getting the extra couple nights off to prepare for this one and how things roll for them if they can clamp down and punch their ticket to the state tournament would be a a, a big win for the Wampus Cats. Yeah, that would be huge for them for sure. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. And that's the story with boys basketball this time next week. We will know all of the state tournament brackets and uh, we'll be breaking it all down for you on our live state tournament preview show. So, all right uh skags stay warm yeah it's uh it's it's kind of gross out right now (laughs) so i think schools up north in in bonner county were all canceled today and so uh yeah the weather is uh not being too kind to us right now we had the snow squall warning last night whatever that is that's the first time i've ever seen one but Mm -hmm. um yeah it was you know 40 mile an hour winds with a snowstorm it was it was awesome and freezing Mm -hmm. rain too so um, yeah. we're, we're staying warm today we got like a minus three wind chill that's all so no big deal yeah <laughs> Jeez, just Louise. another day in north idaho uh, yeah no doubt so all right well for ryan skaggs i'm brandon baney thanks for tuning in everybody to the north idaho prepcast and we will see you next time on idahosports.com